morning, Stephen. Good morning, Chanel. Good morrow. Um, what time did you wake up this morning? This, I have to know. <laughs> I slept in till 7 a.m. Shut up. Get out. Get out of here. You stop it. Stop it right now. It's the weekend. I am on a different schedule. I'm living fast and free. Do you set an alarm for the weekends or can you just like naturally wake up at 7? No, I set an alarm. Wow. I usually wow. wake up before it. Like this morning I woke up before 7, but I told myself, stay in bed. Stay in bed. Stay in bed. Until 7. Until 7. And then get right up. Wow. Oh, God. This is like an ongoing saga on the podcast, which I'm beyond thrilled to chart. I'm trying to become a morning person. Yeah. Just, it's almost like you're trying to live in in my shoes. Oh. But we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting so ahead of ourselves. I mean, I kind of love when the theme of the movie just like makes its way into my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without you even knowing it. Yeah, and we didn't have to try for that. Just oop, no, happened. and you've been trying this for a while, so <laughs> the movie's always been with you. It has. I oh man. I, okay, I won't talk. We won't talk about the movie yet. <laughs> we'll t- we'll keep talking about your morning. I want to be like I. How did I miss this one in two thousand and five? Yeah, where were we? where 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 was I? Where were we? Maybe in like the seventh grade. Maybe that two thousand and five. Where were we? How old were we? Fourteen. 14, 15? Yeah, like 13. No, like 13. 92, sweetie. Oh, 91. Oh, you're 91. Okay, well, that makes sense. 14. Um, I don't know if this is... Tony Collette. I don't... Yeah, I'm a Tony Collette. (gasps) They're both the same age in this, by the way. I don't know if this is appropriate for a (laughs) 14-year-old. It's probably not. I wouldn't wouldn't show this to a 14-year-old. If this came out tomorrow, I would be their opening night. (laughs) Yeah. With this cast, like, oh my goodness. All stars. But yeah, so I've literally just been like, what was I doing in 05 where I was too busy for this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a lot going on. You know, okay, I only looked up one fact about this movie because yeah. when I Googled, the only thing I Googled about in her, sh- oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves again. but was, In her shoes. In her Today's shoes. Flick. <laughs> We just have to say, we can't keep... The movie... We okay, being like, we'll spoiler, get to it surprise. The movie is in her shoes. It was the same movie that was on the title of the episode that you clicked on. That you clicked on. <laughs> in her shoes, the only thing I Googled about it was, is in her shoes a real story? And... <laughs> is it true? I don't know. But it was it was based on a based book. Based on a book. I don't know if yep. it's fiction or not, but guess what year the book came out. Oh, no. Not 90s. No. What's our... What's our favorite year oh 2002 <laughs> yeah 2000 we love 2002 so even though the movie even though the movie didn't come out in 2002 i could feel that 2002 unbridled energy coursing through oh. the veins of inner <laughs> so same for me so much so that i thought we were in new york city that whole time <laughs> yeah it was philly it was philadelphia and, <laughs> I and was like, oh new york looks good and they dropped Clean. Yeah, they did. They only dropped a few subtle hints to let us know that they were in Philadelphia, but it's a me problem. I take responsibility for always for how I watch these movies, and I was passing out last night as I watched. Yeah, but they—they're clear. It's clearly not New York. They say it. You know what's weird about this movie is that I remember going to like Blockbuster or Hollywood Video, and I remember seeing this on the racks. Mm-hmm. I have memories of like this branding, the and, yeah. poster. The the weird thing about the branding of this movie is that it's it is not what the movie is at all. 
yeah, I, thought that's a shopping, a theme. I thought it was a shopping movie. Yes, it's been a real theme for this podcast. Um, I thought, I mean, the first assumption that you'd think they'd be together the whole movie. They're not. Probably. It, they're- probably. <laughs> if you had like to, we, if there was like a million dollars, yeah. are they together this movie? Yes. And you look at the poster, you're like, mm-hmm. Friends, rivals, sisters. Nope, they are not. They're not together at all. Yeah. I thought there's I, there's going to be a makeover. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A shopping spree scene. Yeah. Yeah. I got super excited. Um, Cameron Diaz is like, you can do my resume if I can do your makeup. And I was like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Get the makeup out now. Yeah. Do it. Play the fun music and let's parade her through. Cover girl. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Like, I wanted that right, song. Right, right. There was no scene like that. No makeover scene. No makeover scene. Um, this movie tonally is not what you think. No. Not even close. Um, I wonder if that might have contributed to, um, you know, maybe it didn't do so well. It. It's weird because I don't know who it was marketed towards. Because the people that it was marketed towards, I feel like would have been really angry when they were watching the movie. Because it's not... Exactly. And then people who probably wanted to see it, which objectively is probably us didn't want to go see it wouldn't have caught it because it looks like a low rent devil wears prada (laughs) yeah i think that it was like billed as potentially a like a chick flick build i'll just say that yeah i mean the language literally on the posters with these two women says sisters friends rivals yeah it reminded me it was gonna be like bride wars bride wars yeah it felt like it felt like they were do that they were gonna like tear each other's closets up, or like that <laughs> yeah, show yeah. Trading Spaces on TLC, oh. where they would redo each other's closets for comedic same, effects. Same era, Paige Davis had the same Cameron hair as yeah. this movie. Paige, you know, da- the flick, the flicked out hair. You know what? Okay, I, I I'm happy. I'm happy. Tony Collette was in the movie, but imagine if Paige Davis was <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> she actually looks, and this is something I did struggle with with the movie. Paige Davis actually looks like Cameron Diaz's sister. Sister. <laughs> hey, I'm Paige Davis, and you're watching Trading Spaces. And you're watching and she's like the flicked. Yeah, in her shoes. <laughs> in her shoes. Oh my god, what is Paige Davis up to? Because I fucking loved her. She was my fave. They rebooted. But Trading Spaces was a problem. <laughs> Who? Okay, so my favorite designer on Trading Spaces was. You have one guess. I don't. I literally don't remember any of them except I remember they would have carpenters and one was female. She was blonde. Yeah, Amy Joe or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But wait, I don't remember. Okay, the my designers. favorite, of course, was Hildy Santo Tomas, the woman. Oh, Hildy. Can <laughs> <laughs> we just call her Hildy? <laughs> the woman who would staple straw <laughs> to the walls. That television show was un. Hinged. Do you remember the it one? Was so bad. There was one that Hil- one room that Hildy did where like the Hildy, <laughs> where I'm looking up Hildy right now. Where, Sorry if you guys hear the clicking. Where the couple was like, "Oh, we really like <laughs> we like going to the beach." So Hildy filled their room with <laughs> sand. Sand. <laughs> <laughs> the worst trading spaces designs. Click the wrap. I yeah. bet it's Hildy, and that's unfair because Hildy was just doing things that like that TLC. She's wa- a little out of the box. She was. <laughs> there are those like memes though that are like like when you when you find out that Hildy is like the designer in charge of redoing your home, and like you could just see the fear on like the other people's faces when they found out Hildy was at the at the wheel. 
Do you think that like they that she had a deal on the show to be the unhinged one? Like you know how like every show needs a Simon Cowell. Yeah. Like was her deal like do something out of the box and artistic that has a fifty fifty shot of these people like wanting to sue? Yeah. I like think... she needed to provide the entertainment, right or wrong. Yeah, I think Hill, I think that is definitely like Hildy's aesthetic. Like, I think that she was just trying to have fun. And I really think that in Hildy's mind, she's like, these people are already, you know, essentially to use Jennifer Link- Lopez's language in Monster Law, they're freaks to begin with for going on this show. So like, <laughs> I'm just going to give them what they deserve. I remember having like, like actual fear like someone was gonna force me on trading spaces <laughs> and I, I wasn't even a homeowner but I remember just being like so afraid thinking that my neighbor would come and redo my room I'd be like oh my god they would suck at this it's like it's not only would the rooms look bad but they would make like cheap cheap furniture cheap cheap upholstery cheap like you said staples i'll never forget the straw on the straw wall. wasn't on there the wall. like that was hildy yeah like wheat on the wall hildy also like did a bathroom where she like hot glued um like paper flowers all over the walls i don't understand like that's not sustainable like that comes down in a month yeah what are will. you thinking uh, but you know what trading spaces also it trading spaces is basically a in her shoes exper- experiment <laughs> you're living in someone else's, someone shoe else's shoes and trying to figure out and trying to yeah. figure out what they like you know what you're actually highlighting the point that when i saw this title and think speaking of assumptions i thought they were gonna trade places <laughs> i thought okay here i thought they were literally gonna trade lives i thought it was going to be one of those movies uh like a like an adult freaky friday where yeah. they would mm-hmm. put on the shoes and they would trade lives. And I thought that. That was my assumption. We're going to have a, a swap. Like a, ma- a magic, magical realism, I guess, would be the genre. Mm-hmm. But it, I'll take an adult Freaky Friday like that yeah. with these two. That would be cool. That would be so cool. And I'm not saying the movie I got I didn't like because I actually did really enjoy it. It's, it's a really good um, movie. It's a really good movie and it's deeply sobering and like very dramatic. It's a dramatic movie. It's a dramatic movie and I think Cameron Diaz turns in a career best performance. Uh-huh, agree. It's like this and Bad Teacher for me. Yeah, Bad Teacher and this is shows excellent. Bad Teacher's in a league of its own, so we will put it there. But where, she does more comedy belongs. work there. Here she she really digs yeah. into the drama. I know. So Cameron, we know, and like from our character study for the past two weeks, she's she kills it at comedy, especially physical comedy. She's really good at this like bubbling, blundering, like chatty broad. Yeah. For lack of a better term. And I haven't seen her do drama like this ever. Do you have any other examples? I can't think of them off my the top of my head. I could go to IMDb maybe. I mean, we saw her for do like a five minute scene in Vanilla Sky being a drama actress, but this was a really oh. this is this is a full length movie. It's over two hours. If you're if you're uh, looking, yeah. if you're looking to this create is a, a Lord of the Rings. If you're looking to create a calendar event, make sure you block off over two <laughs> hours to watch in her shoes. You're gonna if, if you're me, you need two days. Yeah. <laughs> I also problem. took a break in the middle. Halfway yeah. through, I needed a break. Talk to me about movie breaks. Do you try not to? Or I do you, are you I, like, I, need I them? really don't like a movie break. But me neither. It totally uh, cuts like emergency. What do I hear? Emergency. Uh-oh. Pray. Pray. Um, okay, I normally good. don't like a movie break, but with this movie, I think 
I put it on and I didn't check to see how long it was. And because I assumed that it would be 90 minutes. Yeah, and, a tight hour and a half. And then after about an hour, I hit the little pause button and I saw that I wasn't even halfway through. I still had five more minutes <laughs> to go before I was going to be halfway through. And I said... I love movies and that is so disheartening. I'll need a break. When you see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame though because I was really liking the movie. I just didn't know yes. I had a whole nother hour. <laughs> what did you do? Did you go eat or something? I took a bath. Oh, wow. Good for you. Thank you. I wish I was as good at self-care as you are. You're really good at it. And you schedule it in yeah. very nicely. Yeah, but it was a good it was a good movie. I really liked it. It it just wasn't what I expected. Yeah, so in her shoes, totally thought um they were going to swap lives. Freaky Friday, I thought it was me lighthearted rom-com. Maybe both of them would be chasing respective fellas. And I thought it'd be like a movie about siblings learning to love each other. Like, yeah, you know, like we've been on the rocks for our whole lives. Cameron's like moving back in town and like let's Let's put the pieces back together of like how we used to be. Right. Uh, Yeah, not that movie. Not that. Definitely not. Maybe um, we can start with the little summary and then yeah, say, we'll talk about whatever whatever we can dig into. Yeah, this is actually, this is the most perfect segue I can think of for me to read the synopsis as always provided expertly by Stephen Dawson. Yeah. Okay. Irresponsible party girl Maggie, played by Cameron Diaz, is kicked out of her father's and stepmother's home where she lives for free and is taken in by her hardworking sister, Philadelphia lawyer Rose, played by Tony Collette. After Maggie's disruptive ways ruin her sister's love life, Rose turns out as well. Rose turns her out as well. I'm sorry, fam. <laughs> turns out well. Rose kicks her out. Yeah. But when their grandmother, Shirley McLean, who they never knew existed, comes into their lives, the sisters face some complicated truths about themselves and their family. Mm. Beautiful. You know what? I probably should have read it at least once yeah. before I said it on Done the Done a little dry so run for, for friends and family or yeah, even in just, the mirror. Just just a rehearsal. Just, just even it to myself in my head. Yeah. You know? That's okay. Just kind of get your mouth around the words just to start. I like to keep it real, keep it raw, and I don't like to do any extra work. Yeah. So, you know, I think we got the gist. We did get the gist, but but the tricky thing about this movie is that there are so many plots. Like, like there are main plots, subplots, subplots within the subplots, plots that last for 10 minutes, <laughs> plots that last for an hour, <laughs> plots that last I for two minutes. I feel like this one is kind of um, from all the ones we've covered on this podcast already, or at least the released ones. It's like this one really feels like in a league of its own. It feels the closest to like a real dramatic film, not like a fluffy star yeah. vehicle in like the typical sense of the word. You know what it reminded me of? And I and I think that, okay, have you ever seen that movie Babel? <laughs> Um, I have not seen Babel, but I remember when Babel was like okay. out there award season Babel. Okay, time. so Babel is just like all these all these seemingly disparate plots that are we find out in the end are connected. But in each of the little stories, there are different actors and actresses. I was thinking to myself, 
This would have been a really interesting movie if all the different subplots were played by the character, like the same actors and actresses, but they were different characters. Oh, so they trade in the character, like in each plot, they're a different character, but same actor. Yeah. Like Tony Mm -hmm. and Cameron in the first thing together as one set. Um, I think that's a um, how we say a, a page one rewrite. <laughs> I think that's just a different movie from the ground up. It is a totally different. It, yeah, it's not. It's not a control F and replace. It's a different movie. Yeah, no, this is like this is a we throw out the old script and start anew. When I went into this movie, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't. Same, I didn't know anything. Which is my favorite way. I didn't know anything about the the plot. Or or where it was going. I didn't even know. Yeah. I mean, I guess I knew they were sisters, but I didn't really know they were sisters. They didn't. I know. They look, I know. They don't really look alike. They don't look alike. I feel so bad for Tony Collette. Like she always has to play ugly duckling sister. They're the same age. They were both born in 1972. <laughs> Cameron and Tony Collette. Really? Yeah. Isn't that messed up? They. So fucked up. They. They this movie couldn't resist a scene to have either Tony Collette or another character tell us that Tony Collette was ugly. Like multiple scenes. So many scenes of people being like, You're ugly, or her being like, I'm ugly. Yeah, and I mean they it, straight down to her wardrobe design and like her lack of makeup and just they're those glasses. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Tony and Tony Collette cleans up well she is beautiful yeah it's um, when they care when they care <laughs> to, to help her out yeah i loved that okay so yeah they're taking pains multiple points in this movie to say she's ugly she's fat she's this she's that which i think in like less adept hands is so cheap and we've seen it done kind of cheaply yeah. before. I, I would argue in two weeks notice when they're like Sandra Blitz an overeater. It's like pitch. She's fine. <laughs> yeah, she's she's fine. But like in this movie, I actually really liked how it kind of was like adding to Tony Collette's insecurities as a person as Rose. So that was like level 10 drama for me. Like, yeah, they're not being great to her, like that slideshow with the oh, mother-in-law. Right. Or no, wow, not the mother-in-law, the stepmom. Like they're they're doing a slideshow, but if she wasn't so insecure in her own like being, she wouldn't have gotten as offended, I don't think. You're yeah. It it goes beyond just people making fun of people for being ugly. Like yeah. they're all And that's why I liked it. Yeah, you're 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 right there. It played on their insecurities, both of them. And Cameron has her own insecurities. Cameron um, has her own insecurities. Yeah. The sisters are very so, different, but the only thing they have in common is they have the same shoe, shoe size. Oh. <laughs> what do the shoes represent? Okay, actually I, I really wanted to talk about this. I I don't think I understood. It's it's all in ugh, Sweetie, take a seat. Yeah. It's all in, <laughs> It's all in Tony Collette's like monologue kind of up at the top of the movie. So that's like a good start. Um, she brings Cameron Diaz's character in from her like 10 year high school reunion. She's drunk, whatever. And then like the next few days they talk. Great drunk acting. Some of the best. Great drunk acting. So good. And, um, Tony Collette's character, Rose says, you know, the clothes, they never look good, but shoes always fit. Yeah. And being female myself, and I wanted, I don't know if, I don't think men have this. I, 
I couldn't have related harder. Like there are times when you feel like shit in your clothes. You're like, oh, this looks bad. This is hanging weird. Yeah, but you put your um, sketchers on. But you put on those sketchers without the laces, <laughs> the slip-ons, and they always fit. And shoes always look good. And it is a big thing in not only my life, but like the women in my life. Like my mom will always hit up the designer shoe warehouse at DSW. Yeah, every day you get it. Every day you get a celebrity discount. Every single day. And my mom will come home with shoes, shoes, shoes. And she, like, I've heard a version of this countless times in my life where she's like, yeah, the shoes always fit. I'm always a size seven. Mm. You never go up, you never go down. And that was, like, profound. And then Cameron Diaz's character is more like, these are fun. These are an expression of my soul. You should get. You should give the shoes to someone who enjoys them and gets something out of them. And Tony Clutt is like, I get something out of them. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I was so in to this shoe symbol. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That's wonderful. I'm happy to hear that. Lost on you. Well, it wasn't... I, okay, I, I I, understood the scene. I, I knew what those words meant, and I knew what... Are you sure I knew you what understood? Tony Collette was saying. What I... Okay. I was just curious... The, sh- the the movie is called In Her Shoes, and I was just waiting for something something more to happen yeah. with the shoes. I think is what I was what I was getting at. No, same. I was waiting for them to be like, "This is Mom's shoe collection <laughs> that we've inherited." Do you know what I mean? Like that was like the final. Mom piece was of the a puzzle. cobbler. <laughs> In her shoes. Oh my yeah. Mom made the quirkiest, funniest shoes because they're doing a lot of flashbacky yeah. acting in this. I always try to look at actors who are like recalling a story, and they're like. Mom was so funny. Yeah. She used to nail these shoes all night long. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm always looking for like that kind of acting. Like tap so I was shoes waiting. maybe or something like that. Yeah. Oh, we love tap shoes. Yeah. I love tap shoes. I was waiting for a story like that where they're like, why are you like where maybe Cameron Diaz is like, why are you holding on to all these shoes? And Rose is like, it's the only piece of her we have left. <gasps> you know, something like that. Yeah. That's a good rewrite. And, That's just and when they put on mom's shoes, they like, they become. Mom. mom. <laughs> That gets us into a new sequence. New sequence. She has Tony she has Collette too many pairs mom. of shoes. She does have too many pairs of shoes, and it's the too only much thing for I the thought, closet of that size. Those... In her fashion sense, you don't need that many. You don't have that many outfits. No, <laughs> she doesn't have enough outfits. And some of those shoes that she had, there's no way Tony Collette's character would wear those shoes. Yeah, the they're floral, too especially stilettos. The florally ones with like the silk wrappings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just didn't see her in those shoes. I guess like the way I just reconciled it was like this is a compulsion. It's like she's not even really wearing them. But when she goes to the store and she tries one on and they fit, she's taking them home no matter what. Yeah. And additionally, I was like, okay, she's a lawyer. So this is not a bad hobby. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she can afford the shoes. She can afford, she can afford the shoes. She can afford taking months off. And uh, a lot of months. Indefinite. She must be living off savings. Savings. Yeah. I mean, she's also going to make money in her second career, but I don't, yeah. I don't know how much she makes. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go to, you want to go there or do we want to like connect it a little? Like she picks up Cameron from her 10 year high school yeah. union. Cameron's drunk. They go knock, knock on where uh, Cameron's residing at the current moment. Her dad and her stepmom's house. Stepmom is a bitch and is like, get out. She's, and she is acting for the back of the room. I, it was a yes. little, it didn't fit the movie, I found. Her and grandma's boyfriend, Lewis, I thought was really playing to the back of the house. Lewis? Oh, Jerry Adler? But he was a cutie. 
He was really cute. I love yeah. Jerry Adler. Yeah, <laughs> he so is funny. just um he's like a grand like the the grandpa that I want yeah. to go hug. I love my grandpa. I want to. Uh-oh, drama. <laughs> no, my grandpa was so funny this weekend, but I won't, just t- I won't tell it on the just pod. Just threw his earbuds across the room. You know how we had, like torrential flooding in New York the other day? Yeah. I was with my grandfather and every commercial break from the game show network, he would get up and open the door and just be like, "Wow." Oh. And it was so cute. Just, just amazing at the world. It was phenom. It was great. Okay. So let's get back on. She takes Cameron Diaz back to her house and she's like, okay, fine. Stay with me if you In Rittenhouse Squares. This is the first symbol or way that we know we're actually in Philadelphia because I had no idea where we were. Oh, yeah. Wait. Where were we? Say it again. Well... The setting, the setting was so ambiguous, but she literally was, was really like, ambiguous. she literally was like, I'm, I guess I will take you back to my Rittenhouse Square apartment. And I was like, okay, we're in Philadelphia. <laughs> Missed that. But if you did, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't really know where we were. Cause it wasn't like a Philadelphia specific movie, except for her running up and down the art museum steps with dogs. But exactly. No, I I'm like such an you know how there's like mass holes and they call they're from people from Massachusetts. I don't know what we call a New Yorker, probably just an asshole. Yeah. But um I'm just like, oh, this is New York. I think everywhere's New York. I defaulted to New York too. <laughs> okay, good, good. So I don't feel that dumb. But then I was like, oh, they're in New York. And when she when Cameron Diaz catches the bus, I was like, oh, um, that looks like Grand Central. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was Grand Central Terminal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. So um Tony Collette brings Cameron home and then like Cameron is kind of like fucking up her life she's really carefree and you know can't get a job and it's like freeloading she's a freeloader she's and there was yeah. post-it notes post- did you notice post-it notes telling her what she couldn't couldn't touch yes which I wonder if Cameron was like for the movie night and day she was like I have a suggestion <gasps> and they were like oh my god what Cameron and she was like post-it goes, notes I was in a movie called inner shoes I don't know if you caught it but there's this sexy idea that we had on set to leave post-it notes around i know i love these common themes that we're finding it's just wonderful so i mean if you if you're comfortable and you don't have anything to say we can skip straight ahead (laughs) if you have nothing to say which you better not we could go all the way to tony collette becoming a dog walker but that's that's a real big jump here's 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 what we need to talk about is that get me there is that in these scenes, they are creating like a pastiche of like different of different ailments that Cameron Diaz has. Oh yeah, we definitely can't make that jump. She, I don't know what's wrong with me. She she steals for one. She does. She steals. She's real good at it. She's really good at stealing <laughs> money. She loves. I took notes. She loves petty cash. Um, oh, she does. She loves liquid, liquid. cashola in the hands. Liquid. <laughs> she, she also is tasked with getting a job, and Ooh. she tries hard. She does try hard. She gets pretty close to becoming an MTV VJ, which was really, she, which that which was, was a cool. two step process. They led us to believe <laughs> an initial audition and then just reading off a teleprompter. I know. Then the screen test was that same day. <laughs> also, do you love how it was advertised in like the penny saver? It was like, come be an MTV BJ. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. She goes there and she doesn't get the job because she has dyslexia and she can't read. 
And so, but at that point in the movie, I didn't think that. Did no, you think I'm that? only saying that she has dyslexia because she gets her diagnosis later from Way later from a professor, from a, a blind professor. So, oh yeah. So, but at this point, all uh, this is where I just started to feel a little bit uncomfortable because they were they were feeding us different things like. She has some sort of learning disability. She is a, she steals. It, it was all like under the general umbrella of like, she's not okay. Yeah, of course. And I've, a lot of actresses take roles like this. Um, and I'm, I feel bad saying this, but I'm always putting them to the test. I'm always like, how d- did she pull it off? Yeah. And yes and no. I will give her credit. I think she definitely conveyed the scene. And the other thing is this is based on a book. Now, I know you looked up if this was real. I don't think it was real. It might be fiction. Yeah, I didn't get that but far. But it was based on a book. Huh. I wonder if it was real. But yeah, I love when actresses go from their fluffy persona to something dark like this. I don't know if you saw Mila Kunis do that (laughs) drug addict role. Did you see it? No. She plays like literally a heroin addict, like in a movie that just came out. Literally. And it's so scary because you're like, that's not her. That's Mila Kunis. Like she's happy and fun and free, but she did a great job. And I think Cameron does like a really good job with this. I mean, I don't know how to play. Um, She has Party Girl on lock. She does that Which, great. And she begins she as the that. party girl. She begins as a party girl, really good drunk acting. And yeah, and then they just make her have like a learning disability, which the movie was so light-handed with it. Um, you know, she just stutters for a teleprompter and my mind went to, oh yeah, teleprompters are fast. <laughs> right. I, so, like, I agree. I didn't, I, I, I appre- it wasn't heavy-handed. I appreciated the subtlety of it because like what, here's, I think I tensed up because what I was dreading is that the person at the audition was going to be like, what, do you not know how to read? Yeah, are you an idiot? Like, I was waiting for that. And so <laughs> I I was, like, thankful that they just... They were so kind. Yeah, they just focused on, focused on her performance. The only person who makes fun of her for not being able to read is Toni Collette. Is her sister, and that's where it hurts. And that's, and that's where it hurts. Brilliant. Yeah, you're right. They. That's really good, because it's like, who has the worst collateral on you ever? your sibling yeah I, I think they know exactly what button to push to really hurt you like in a deep way and Cameron calls her like a fat pig or something <laughs> which is so offensive not nice and Tony collects call says that she's like an idiot yeah. oh, oh she goes Jim G-I-M you want to sound it out <gasps> or whatever so she like makes fun of her inability to read right so, but at that point, it's still so light-handed. You still don't know Cameron Diaz has a learning issue. Right. It's, but. it's, um, it, it gets heavier as you go. <laughs> it does get heavier. It gets heavier as you go. What happens next? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, like, then, um, we'll just skip, like, Tony Collette's character is sleeping with a partner at the firm. <gasps> He's really hot. Yeah. And um, she comes home one day and finds the partner in bed with Cameron Diaz. Not nice. And that sparks this fight. Right. That's when they say those mean things to each other. Like I said, the, the sibling things that, like, really hurt. Yeah. She kicks Cameron Diaz out, and boom, like, now we're in act two. Um, Cameron has a- acquired those letters that she found at her dad's house when she was snooping around to steal. Oh, right. <laughs> 
And I didn't understand that either. This is like, again, I watched that part last night and I was like, who are these letters? I couldn't really see who they were signed by. You, and she's taking money out of them. Right. $5 for every event. For every envelope. And they're the old fashioned fives. You know, like the old ones. So that we... We knew like, oh, that they were old. Those have been sitting there a while. Yes. And she takes these like letters, looks at the um, address on them and follows it all the way to Florida. Right. Conveniently... Well, she, she was going to take an Amtrak to New York, which pretty short from Philadelphia, but conveniently there was also an Amtrak running to... Right down to Miami. Miami from Philadelphia. And it had seats. There Hell, were seats. An overnight train to Miami. I was going to ask you about that. I'm like, holy shit. Now, I, I have shared a fantasy of mine, which is to do a sleeper car train trip. Yeah. No, I don't think don't she do was it. paying for the sleeper car. No, she was paying for a seat. She was paying for a seat to An sit upright, upright for, 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 I wonder how long the train takes to get from Philadelphia to Miami. I was going to say, is 12, there a stop? 14 hours? Is there a stopover? 20 hours? Because like, it's like 20, all the way to Miami from Philly, it's like 23 hours if you drove it or like 20 hours. 20 so, hours probably. So what's this, tra- like, what's the train? Can it shave off a couple? Yeah, but it can't get there in... Probably at least 15 hours, right? Yeah, that's an insane train. And she just looked fresh when she came off. She looked real good. Were her belongings in a trash bag? Did I yes, see she that was correctly? in a trash. Her stuff was in a trash bag. She was in a trash bag, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So she shows up to Florida. Um, there's phone books apparently underneath pay phones. Yeah. All the pay phones have phone books, which was nice. This senior community for active seniors looked wonderful. This is my that speed. That looked so fun. Yeah, I loved that. So she calls grandma. Grandma comes, picks her up. And grandma's shocked. Also, grandma is Shirley MacLaine. Grandma mm. Shirley MacLaine. Oh, my goodness. is so good. She is really wonderful in this movie. So good. And this section where Cameron Diaz is in Florida for me was my favorite it was it was really a wonderful section of the movie I found it was my favorite I didn't like chucking back in in Philly but I liked I really liked being in Florida I loved being in Florida I hated going back to Philly and seeing (laughs) Tony Collette with another guy yeah nerdy little Simon nerdy little Simon yeah. Okay. Did so this makes me so uncomfortable because I couldn't imagine doing it. But Cameron Diaz's character is kind of an asshole to her grandma. She's just like, "I'm tired. Let me in your bed." And then like she goes in, into the guest room. She's like rude. She's like really rude. Okay. She's not only rude, but like she just got there. She shows up basically unannounced. To, I mean, she. Essentially unannounced in the sense that she hasn't seen this woman ever. And, ever. And now, so it's like, it's actually beyond unannounced. It's a different <laughs> level of unannounced. It's like out of thin air. And she shows up like in a sour mood and, yeah, and demands and like to take a nap. things. Like undisturbed. Yeah. And then Shirley McLean and her are at the door and like she's like, you know, I think, her, you know, as a grandmother, I'm seeing all the feels wash over her face. Just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I want to talk to you. I want to hug you, whatever. And then Cameron Diaz just shuts the door in her face. She just closes the door slowly. Yeah. And I'm just like, I know that that's her character. I, I cringe when people are like rude in movies. I couldn't imagine having the level of confidence to even do that. Well, it's so 
what we and not people please. What we learn is that Cameron Diaz and Tony Collette, or when they find out they have a grandmom, they they then assume that the grandmom ditched them. And like, yeah, like or I guess they so. always thought they had a grandmom. Like they weren't the second people to ever be on the planet. But like they, they assume. They thought she died. Oh, like they, they thought did? she was just gone. The grandma? Yeah. She's like, cause grandma asks her like, um, you know what? She asks her something. I forget the question. And then Cameron just goes, oh, I just assumed you both were dead. Oh, like, okay. Her like, yeah. Yeah. They just didn't think she existed. Yeah. And dad didn't say, dad didn't tell them that she was still alive. Yeah, maybe she was tired from the train ride, but she does have a bad attitude when she gets there. She has a real bad attitude, and, like, for multiple days, she's just, like, take, 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 Kind of grumpy. Stomping around, like, just doing whatever she wants, and I'm just, like, okay, I, I'm, like, maybe I'm envious. I feel like I'm jealous, like, of people who can just, like, live their life around someone else without feeling the need to be overly polite or overly like thankful because i would just be saying oh my god thank you so much thank you so much if i'm like, a guest time. in your house i'm on edge me yes i'm so I'm on edge which is edge. why i don't like traveling yeah um and i don't like staying in other people's houses no i don't i don't like I it i hate it and which is why i'm uncomfortable being like waited on in any scenario yeah i remember so one time guest, one on time edge. i stayed over the only night i no, it was a few times but one night i stayed over your house and you put me in this bedroom that like doesn't get it like your guest room oh i you slept in the guest room that's what i'm saying and i was like so i was i was like i'd rather just sleep on the couch because like to sleep in like a guest bed is it did you feel did you feel like a queen but in my mind i'm like now they have to wash. well i'm assuming they're gonna wash the oh, sheets now you have to wash the in sheets. between guests yeah. i don't know what kind of a home you guys keep but yeah no that bed is stripped as soon as you're out exactly and i was like me too i have a really uncomfortable i feel super uncomfortable about that yeah so to be a guest in essentially a stranger's home yeah is weird it's so weird and then like it's it's weird to watch because i'm cringing and most of those most of those senior centers they don't let people stay if you're if you're under 65 I know. Wait, I was like, how is she allowed? Like, or or not for stay? or not for like extended stays like that. She was there for a long time. Yeah, she moved in. She moved folks. in. She moved in. She starts but, a okay, small the, business. Oh, we'll get that. <laughs> oh, shut up. Sorry. Don't sorry, spoil sorry. it. God. Yeah. Um, her being a take kind of person, a take, take, take kind of person was um, a really cool function of the screenplay, though, as well. So, like, I'm uncomfortable watching it, and it's fascinating to watch humans behave like that. Like, I'm just so, like, in. But it really, it also was, like, just written so that Tony Collette's character looked like the one who's constantly worrying, constantly on edge, the one who's constantly trying to make things nice. So I understood the opposite there, and it was cool. I, as me as Chanel, loves watching it. I love watch. like, I'm cringing to watch her be rude. Right. But I think like this this section is also a cool like aspect of the screenwriting is that like they they become the inverse of what were presented in the very beginning. Like Tony Collette becomes more to the extent that she can like fun, flirty, Free. fabulous and Cameron Diaz becomes more of like involved with family and like figuring out her who she is and finding her place in the world so i did what i i I did like the flip that happens here 
Maybe, maybe they did swap. They did. Maybe they did swap. They kind of swap. They do kind of swap, right? Oh my goodness. I think yeah, it's more. I think too. it's. I think it's in her shoes. But uh, what I like about it is that it's it's a little more subtle. Like it's not like Tony Collette is going to the bar and like downing five shots and like hooking up with strangers. All that she's doing yeah, is taking great. a little bit of Cameron Diaz, and Cameron Diaz is taking a little bit of Tony Collette. Yeah, a little bit of responsibility, looking for a job down there. Do you think Tony Collette um, was tapping into her her um her uh, wonderful role, uh, another Philadelphia woman, when she was in the Sixth Sense? Sixth Sense, <laughs> I did see that like working class woman on her face, oh. and the most iconic. Tony Collette for me is her in the car with Haley Joel Osment and they're like driving and he tells her I see grandma or whatever. <gasps> Do you remember? <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler alert. But um, in this, when Tony Collette got in the car, I, I, I Which car? gasped. It was so quick, but she's driving at some point and I saw her, her mom from The Sixth Sense. Like I just saw yeah. it on her. I think that no, they're... That- Okay, I will say this. I I bring that up, one, as sort of a joke because it's in Philadelphia. But number two is that I found there were a lot of connections between In Her Shoes, The Sixth Sense, and Hereditary for her. Like, Ooh. all of these movies are about, like, Toni Collette's relationship with, like, her mom, her grandmom, her family, and, like, loss. And... I actually found that In Her Shoes fits into those two movies quite nicely. It's the same yeah. I, It's the same themes that are in The Sixth Sense and in Hereditary. Um, and arguably, it's in this movie, it's more real than it is in Hereditary and Sixth Sense. Obviously, those are... Those are, you know, science fiction or horror. So there's there's exaggerated things. But it's sort of yeah, the yeah. same idea. It's just on a more realistic level. Yeah, I'm obsessed with that because it means that, like, actors, uh, yeah, they're typecast and they are put in boxes. But I also like to think that, like, that's what Tony Collette is good at. Like, she's oldest child. She's firstborn. Yeah. She's the one that's going to take on responsibility. She is kind of like the codependent. She's the one that's going to shelter you from grandma who like hurt her yeah you know what i mean and she has a lot of trauma associated with that i'm talking like hereditary there right. sixth sense like same sort of deal so i just love that these actresses kind of have like a core that they stick with and it, it's because it's like who they are because one of the big Ooh. questions that i had about this <laughs> movie this. and the only reason that i sort of went down that line of thinking was that okay it's 2005 Again, Cameron Diaz is is a movie star. Tony Collette is a is an okay. Tony Collette is an actress. Let me just say that she's an a, like a proper actress. And obviously, Sixth Sense had already come out, but like she was not, and she and she was a star from that, but like not really. And um, she had like Muriel's wedding, right? She's too, she was just in more, her native accent and everything, right? So. Yeah. Uh, my that was sort of my question is like why would Tony Collette sign up for a movie like this because it seems it seems like there had to be something there for her to chew on to want to do it because you know I think if you if you're asking me if you're putting it to me 
Uh, yeah, I, I was sort of talking through it myself, but sure, <laughs> jump in. You you go ahead, jump in. I was thinking that this is a movie that kind of finally treats her like a leading lady. And and like she ugh, she is a leading lady in the sixth sense, but like I don't know, this gives her like top billing with I don't know. No, I agree. I think it's very that, much. I think thing. it's very much like a rising tide lifts all boats. She was like, "I'm gonna jump <laughs> on. I'm gonna jump on with Cameron Diaz, who's a star, who's gonna lift this movie popularity wise, and yeah, I'm gonna get use it, it. Get it out to theaters. And I'm gonna use my talents to lift the movie as well. Now, arguably, I think Cameron Diaz turns in a better performance than Tony Collette, but I, ooh, I think, ooh. I think that Fighting I words. think that there are there are wonderful performances all around. I'm trying to like look at her IMDb right now because like yeah she Muriel's wedding put her on the map and then after that um, it's like Sixth Sense but yeah she's just turning in like art house performances and like really oh dinner dinner with friends I don't know I think that this kind of like shopped Tony Collette even more mainstream oh absolutely even more I mean just, like, to be in a movie yeah. with Cameron Diaz in 2005 yeah. I think was Does a it. get like yeah that... that's a get. You know, okay, there were two characters that I didn't like in this movie. One, I hated. Hated. Oh. Should I guess? Okay, you can guess who I didn't, who I hated. I don't know. Did you hate Simon? I didn't like Simon, but I didn't hate him. I thought you would like him because he orders for the women. Oh, I that. wrote down, okay, you, you <laughs> cannot, okay, here was my only gripe with him identifying as an expert orderer, is that you can't <laughs> say you're an expert orderer if all that you order is the most expensive item on the menu. That does not know. an expert order make. To be an, he's like the fogwah. Yeah, I'm like, I, okay, bitch. He's like, I bet you had the salmon. When I go with you, we'll get the foie gras on the steak. And I was like, dude, you can't just order the most expensive item. Like an expert order is somebody who knows what to order, not just like what is the most expensive. No, the one who I hated the most was. Tony Collette's friend. What was her deal? You, you have a real problem with a lot of the best friends, and it's like they're not given much to do. I just thought she, she was given almost nothing. I thought she to was kind of negative. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she, the best friend role. It's hard in this movie. It's so they hard. Hired, really they should have hired Leah Remini to be a consultant. Yes, please, Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell, somebody. something. They really do normally give it to like a little comedian. So it was like, I was like, who's this woman? I don't know her. Yeah. But she's not given anything to do. And she's not even really a big advice giver in this. Most best friends in movies, the trope is they're an advice giver. They're like going to tell you what to do, blah, blah, blah. This woman was just like a sounding board. She was there to listen. She just didn't offer anything. That's all. Yeah. She was straight up there to listen. And then I loved after the shower that Tony Collette um, pulls a knife on her stepmother. <laughs> that was good. At. Great moment. She, the best friend, leans in and she goes, "For the record, best shower I've ever been to." And I'm like, "Yes, that's it. That's the energy of the best friend. She's a sounding board in this. She literally is a listening face. Like we have to cut to someone listening, and it can't be a dog." Right. <laughs> okay. How exactly um, does Tony Collette become a dog walker? Okay. All right. So I didn't. Cameron I know Diaz, there's one pivotal scene where they where they 
show us, but I didn't. This was right in the segment from when I fell asleep last night to when I had to re- restart this this morning. Also, wait, do you want to die? I restarted it a t- couple minutes too late this morning, so I missed I missed like a three minute gap of scenes, and what I was like, scene? oh, I didn't miss anything. I just go, I didn't miss anything crazy. I missed her sleeping with Jim. Oh God. <laughs> Missed that entirely. Turned it right on as they're like yelling at each other, but I didn't know why. And I was like, oh, that's fine. They just had a fight. And then the whole movie, I didn't know that she slept with her boyfriend. That's bad. Oh, well. But okay, so Cameron Diaz gets that job as a dog washer and she steals a puppy to relive her childhood where they had honey bun for a day. right, right, right. Which I totally missed. As Cameron Diaz takes her clothes off and is drunk that night and and she goes on the couch and Tony Klepp puts a blanket on her. I couldn't look anywhere but her body. It was fucking insane. Um, Cameron Diaz is like, remember Honey Bun? And you're supposed to go, who's Honey Bun? Right. Um, I heard it, but I didn't. Um, it didn't register. register. Yeah. So she stole a puppy, well, a dog, from the dog washer. And Tony Collette, after they fight, like brings it back to the dog washer. And the woman was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Do you want a reward? And Tony Collette's Rose is like, I don't want a reward. I want you to hire me as your dog walker and tell all your clients about only me. <laughs> right. Okay. I heard that and I just wanted, so I confusing. was just hoping that there was a different explanation for how she became a dog walker. <laughs> I was, I thought at that moment it was for, it was for Cameron's character. Like, oh, my sister needs a job. Yeah. Yeah. I was, okay. Got it. Not remembering her sister stole the dog. Okay. This is unfortunate place. because I had thought that it was something else. Okay. Um, and then we get wonderful visuals of Tony being dragged by three dogs. So many intersplicings of her being shepherded through the city with dogs. It's so nice. New, good old New York City yeah. with the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> she quits that law firm job, which I love. And she just starts living her life. Right. As- for her, on her terms. And um, yeah, another trope of a star vehicle. Dogs. Dogs. Dog walking. Minimum of three, pulling out your chain at all times. Dog walker is just like this classic, classic like. Um, it's a very temp thing. Wiping to do. the mental slate of a of a job. You can just you can really breathe as a dog walker. Yeah, I just love that nobody's breathing down your neck. Like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, I'm out. Love it. Yeah, I hate dog. <laughs> I don't hate dogs, but I don't want to ever be a dog walker. It seems like a lot of responsibility. I'm out. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay, so we kind of like... All over the place. You know, we, we tangented. It, that's the thing about this movie. Like, the scenes don't really crop up in any specific order for me. They're just kind of all up in my head. Well, it's once the ladies separate and Cameron Diaz is in Florida, there's there's literally no communication between the two of them. And... Yeah. The scenes don't inform each other either. Like, what's happening in Mm -hmm. Florida doesn't impact what's happening in Philadelphia. I mean, it will later on, but, like, they... they, We're just seeing growth. Yeah, they're interspicing them. individually. Yeah, and how... Tony Collette starts dating who she originally thought was, like, the loser from The Office. and The orderer. The orderer. The guy who orders. And they get engaged very quickly. Fast, fast, fast. And that ring was on a shrimp oh, and I did not like God, it. Oh my God, that was disgusting. At, I knew you were going to hate that. At the Jamaican jerk hut, they get... In- yeah, that was inappropriate. It just... The wedding there. <laughs> it felt weird because 
I don't. Okay, we only saw it once. Like it wasn't like their place. They only went there once, and yeah. If it was like, oh my god, we always go to this Jamaican jerk hut. Um, it's our place. It was mom's place, like something like that. Yeah, bring mom back into it. Mom's shoe got stuck at the Jamaican jerk (laughs) restaurant. That was so crazy. Remember? Remember when mom got her her shoe lodged in the door, but. I was like, okay, maybe this was the maybe this was like a year when Jamaican jerk cuts were like a thing. Big. It just felt odd. Yeah, like almost like product placement, but yeah. we know it like wasn't, you know? Or like, okay, like um it's in Philadelphia, so maybe pick like an iconic Philadelphia restaurant, like something yeah, like that a Philly cheesecake stand a cheesecake that stand. you guys have, you guys have picked this one, right? Right, something because it's your favorite, something iconic. But uh, the Jamaican <laughs> Jerk Hut restaurant seemed odd. Yeah, they go there once. He takes her on multiple dates. Um, she's kind of learning to love herself. Like she, he thinks she's beautiful. Talking about Rose, Tony Collette, she kind of has a lot of trauma around her looks, being the heavier sister, being the not pretty one. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz looked like mom. She didn't. And right. yeah, they get engaged rather quickly. And um, that's kind of it for Philly. Like kind of more is going down in Florida. That's that's literally her arc when Cameron Diaz is away, is that she yeah. just lets herself fall in love and gets mm-hmm. engaged. Yes, and like it, it's really nice because we know she's insecure, and he's like giving her, he's giving her what she needs. Like he's not that stupid idiot partner who was just there to like have sex with her sister. Like yeah. this guy is in it for the long haul. He's a real sweetie. He's sweet. Um, I mean, I had no problem watching it. It was just, it was just that was it. Hers was straight, very straightforward. It was like a line going up. It's way more fun is happening in Florida. Yeah, Florida is so much fun. Cameron is like brooding around in her like heels. She's like tanning by the pool. And then she tries to like rob grandma of like a couple grand. Tries to rob grandma. I would also say that like when they when they would cut back to Florida, it was such a beautiful color palette. Like the mm-hmm. home was like Blues gorgeous and- pastel. Like the lighting was was wonderful. Like Philly was dark. Yeah. Very dark. So I, 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 I'm sure it was intentional, but it really felt like a breath of fresh whenever we would go to Florida and yeah, it was sweet. And you got to like take in, cause like, you know, that feeling when you get off the plane in Florida and it's just like that heavy, hot air. air. <laughs> yes. It is fucking heavy. That air. You could feel it. Just kind of like that sedentary sitting, lifestyle which is something i want i could see myself in one of these community centers oh i cannot i really can't you don't want to you don't want to be in one of them i don't know why i'm so like averse am i supposed to like come around to this when i'm like 50 we'll see i just don't understand this like snowbird lifestyle (laughs) that's what people do from new york probably from philly too where you're from it's like we go to florida yeah for half the year i don't know it reminds me of Slowing down in a way that I never want to. Oh. <laughs> like, I kind of always want to be, like, around the action. Oh. Uh. Uh. Well, they do. They they do stay around the action because there's... They do a there's lot. There's this weird, like, interrogation of Sex in the City that the movie is doing, too. Yeah. So, I wanted to ask you about that because I know you're a real Sex in the City head. Yeah, sex- so, like, Grandma and 
Cameron are not really getting along. No. But um, Grandma does say if you get a job at the like local old folks home, I forget what it was called. It was like a whatever something center. She was like, I will match every penny you make, dollar you know penny for penny, That's a great and you deal. can go to New York, which is a phenomenal deal. So Cameron is like starting to work on herself, and um, Grandma Shirley McLean is like nervous that she's not connecting. So they're like, get cable, yeah. <laughs> bitch, get cable. And then Cameron comes home and they're drinking Cosmos and watching Sex watching in the City. Watching Sex in the City. And I want to know, is that inappropriate? Is it? That's your question? Is it inappropriate? I mean. (laughs) I've never seen Sex in the City. I mean, I don't. I I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't. That wouldn't be my first choice to watch with a. a, (laughs) What's the better question that I needed to ask you? Like, what what is it about the Sex in the City scene? Like, I feel like you don't want to answer that question. I don't want to answer that question. It's not interesting (laughs) to me. What I'm just sort of like. At first. Okay. I will say this. At first, when I saw all the Sex in the City on the TV and they were making Cosmos, I was like, maybe this is, is this just like an attempt at shoehorning in pop culture to be like, oh, this is what women watch. So let, like, I thought it was going to be like a transactional, like, let me put Sex in the City out into the universe. Cameron Diaz will receive it and then we'll be friends. Which I think on the service level is what happens. Yeah, but, it's like the first little tick yeah. like into her psyche. Yeah, I was just like, I wonder if there's anything else going on. Because part of part of Sex in the City that just... What, what doesn't make sense in Sex in the City is that Carrie is a journalist, journalist quotes, who has her own Air apartment. for the folks at home. Has, has her own apartment with like a thousand pairs of shoes and all these expensive clothes and like... It doesn't make any sense how she affords it. And mm-hmm. in this movie, there are shoes too, but it's a little bit more clear how Tony Collette is affording the shoes. That's less of a question. So <laughs> I was just like, I wonder what, like, like, is it, is it embracing sex in the city? Is it, is it knocking sex in the city? I, I didn't know. I feel like, that scene was like complete surface for me because I don't know Sex and the City. It was just like, how am I going to relate to my granddaughter? Well, she definitely watches this. Yeah. And I thought it was so such a great line reading when Cameron comes in and goes, I've seen this one. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. They're all sitting around drinking Cosmos and she says something like, I didn't know like after dinner, I thought after dinner was going to be dessert, but instead it was Lou oh, or yeah. like some, it was some line on Sex and the City and they're all like, oh no. And right. Cameron just goes, I've seen this one. It's funny. I've seen this one. It's funny. It's funny. I liked it. It it opened up the conversation. It got everything really going between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of when they had their first like real discussion in the kitchen about where were you? And then she like talks about how dad hid the letters and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I guess the only other connection that I could make is that Sex and the City probably more than Inner Shoes has a very surface level perception that most people have of it. Like it's a show about this, like it's a show about like, yeah. but I think that most people that really watch and love this show are like, it's actually about X, Y, Z. It's not really just about what you see on the surface. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I can see that it's a little bit of like a cheap joke. Probably. Yeah. I think it's, it, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a joke. Also like a little self-referential, like with the audience yeah. of like, this movie appears to be one thing, but it's really about something else. Oh, you took it a step farther. It, so if you're a Sex in the City head, you're going to think one thing about this scene. And if 
if you don't know anything about Sex in the City, it's going to do the shorthand that it needed to do, which is just say, look, they're bonding. Right. It works on both <laughs> levels. It, both levels. It's a plot device. But I think if you're a fan of Sex in the City, it's also like it, it conveys this idea that like what what you what appears as a chick flick is is there's probably more than meets the eye. More than meets the eye. So like if you're going to give me an assignment, it's like go and watch Sex go and the City. Go watch all the seasons come, of Sex and the City. <laughs> and come back with. And see if you uh, can understand the movie. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> Um, folks at home, you're going to want to watch all the seasons of Sex and the City. Pause. Pause right now. Go do it. Come back when you're done. Yeah. It's, and we will know if you skip the assignment. Yeah. And if you, all the seasons of Sex and the City is probably the same length as this movie. So. As this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours and eight minutes. <laughs> I did laugh when they were in the senior center and there was the woman slumped over in her chair taking a nap. And Cameron Diaz walks up to her and goes, hey, oh my God. are you dead? <laughs> are you dead? That that part scared me so much because it is a really heavy movie. It is dramatic. I thought, I thought, she, was, I thought she was dead. Yes. Like it wouldn't have been off tone for that woman to have died. You know what's funny in the weird about that scene is that, okay, Cameron Diaz walks up to her and <laughs> does, and she does say, hey, are you dead? But she yeah. doesn't respond. It just cuts to a new It just scene. cuts. <laughs> so scary i was so scared so she does say hey are you dead and the woman comes to in a different scene and then yeah we don't see her come to we don't don't see see her her. wake up it's just cut to they're walking and the woman is on her scooter yeah and she's and i'm like oh my goodness and she's like and uh, wait i think i think a scene was missing because then cameron diaz's next line is whatever doris like I, i don't know her name she's like she's like doris you know better you can't go to the mall and I was, that was confusing. I was like, what? She, the, we, we weren't at the mall. That was <laughs> one of the first and only times this movie kind of treats the audience stupider than they need to because they don't hit you on the head with Honey Bun the dog. It comes back later. Yeah. They don't hit you on the head with her dyslexia. That'll come back later. Like she, as a VJ, she just can't really keep up with the prompter. Mm. But this is one of the moments where they're like, what were you doing trying to go to the mall? To buy an outfit. You shouldn't do To get an outfit, that. you crazy bitch. <laughs> you should also like were we left to assume she was trying to go to a mall on like just a scooter i think so without a car what we what we needed was her to have find her in the mall parking right her to be passed out in her wheelchair at the bus stop that just says mall mall Because she was just at the home that Cameron worked at. She was just, yeah, she and was on one of the nature trails, like in the senior center. Was that like, was that like a, a shortcut to the mall? It was weird. <laughs> we needed a sign with an arrow was, that said mall this way. It was, right. It was just one of, <laughs> it was really the only scene that felt like something didn't work out. Like maybe like, maybe the mics weren't on when they filmed the scene and they were just like, <laughs> oh, we can't go back and do reshoots. We have to scrap just it. Just have Cameron say, did you go to the mall? <laughs> <laughs> it was confusing. I was like, what? Oh, okay. And then, but I, it, it bred another amazing line reading when Cameron just goes, give me your credit card, <laughs> <laughs> which I loved. It was so good. And then she's like, she's like, huh? What? Give me your credit card. And then she takes it and gets her a really cute little suit. She does get her. She almost, she almost does something bad and almost buys herself a pair of shoes on this woman's credit card. Oh, that's what that was when she's like sizing up a pair of stilettos. Yeah, those I were didn't... not for the senior citizen. 
I am such a weirdo. Like, and the guy I just was, think of everything it, it, as if I'm the character. And I'm like, oh, nice shoes. And the guy and the salesperson, the clerk, was like, what size, ma'am? And she was like, I'm actually heading to woman's suits. And she oh, walks yes. away. Oh, yes. I remember that now. Oh, my God. I'm a big dum-dum. I'm just like, oh, she's just looking. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, you idiot. She was about to buy That them. was like the subtle character development scene to show us that, I am so that she's no longer sometimes. the grifter that she used to be. Grifter. Dead. But she... That was so sweet. Yeah, she, she picks out a nice outfit. She picks out a nice outfit for the woman Ethel. who we thought was dead. And she decides that she wants to parlay this into a small business of being a personal shopper for uh, senior citizens. Yeah, which was cute. It was really cute. And um, grandma at this point has kind of started to like recognize her shortcomings as a mother to their mother who has passed. Right. And she she says like a really sobering line where she's like, um, you know, what Cameron's like asking her about her mom, whatever. And she's like, I wish I shut up long enough to listen and see what she wanted from life. And then that was so cute that Cameron's like, I want to start a clothing company. And she's like, well, I think that's a great idea. I, also, I cried in this movie three times. The ending was really <laughs> sad. I mean, not I sad, but like, tear, tear, tearful. I wish I like wrote down when I cried, but I think that was one of the moments. I was like, oh my God, it's so sad. And then she, and then Cameron's like, I'm not really good at the numbers though. And then Shirley McLean's like, well, I am. I can help you. And it was so cute. <laughs> that was a cute scene. I think... I think that the only other time that I really did get teary-eyed was so at her her job in the senior center, she meets this oh. blind professor who yeah. asks her to read poems to him. Mm-hmm. And this is where, as the audience, we put it together that she has dyslexia and mm-hmm. the... Pr- I was like, is this, a, is this the reader status and she like can't read? Oh my God. <laughs> I was like nervous, next, but I was like, next week, guys, we're doing the reader. No, <laughs> great film. Yeah. I was like, and then I literally had to shut myself up. I was like, nah, she didn't make it thirty whatever years without learning how to read. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was glad that they at least introduced the language of dyslexia because up and it was sweet. up until that point, to like, like you were saying, they were sort of flirting with the idea that she couldn't read at all. Yeah, really, truly. And leading us on. And it was like one of those things where it was like, does this work with the movie? Like, is she, does she not know how to read anything? Like, like, because it was very pick and choose. Like in some scenes, like she could look at the Amtrak board and read the destinations. But then in other scenes, she couldn't. So it was like, where are we going with this? So... It was at least yeah, it was, was solidified that she has she has dyslexia, but he's very sweet with her and gives her poems to read, and mm-hmm. she turns out to be a real whiz. She interprets yeah, those poems really quick. Oh yeah, that was that was like so sweet and also like terrifying because I remember having to interpret shit in like AP English. Oh my god, those are like. She picks up real quick on the on that because I remember she does one quick reading of an Elizabeth Bishop poem and she's and is like got she it got <laughs> got it. I remember Next one. in like tenth grade English, our teacher would give us those like 
kind of assignments where you'd have to really break down something, yeah. a poem, a story, something. You have to really read into it. And we never had an English teacher like that like expected so much from us. So we all failed like this one paper. We all just gave like the most surface level like analyses. Oh. And we were pissed. Like we sent our moms after this woman. We're like, mom, she's such a bitch. Assemble. And then very like freedom writers of us, by the end of the semester, we were interpreting geniuses oh. like we went deep like we understood wow and cameron got there very in a poem very one. quickly very quickly so fast and he gave, i he wanted gave, to go back and read the poem when he gave her an a plus that was really cute that was so cute because like i i think i teared up there too because you know she never got an a plus before she never got an a plus oh so sad it, that scene was oh, of course beautiful and lovely you know what i didn't need i didn't need the grandson Oh, that was just a little quick callback. Throw away. Yeah. Come on. He was like, you have to be my grandson. And then the real tear-jerking scene of the movie, the one that actually made me cry. Oh, my God. She whips around the corner um, of this man's bedroom and goes, so what are we reading today? And the bed is empty. And I have chills right now. He passed. He passed. And um, a man comes in reading a chart, and you're, like, led to believe he works there. And then... She's like, oh, you're his grandson, the doctor. Yeah. And you want to know what I'm so happy? Such restraint. They could have had this man come back. They could have had him be her plus one to the wedding. Oh, yeah. Oh, they didn't. yes, exactly. That, they didn't. I think that's why I was so nervous. I was like, please don't. I was nervous too. Please don't go on a date with this guy. I was like, do not introduce don't. this doctor now at minute 120. So long. <laughs> yeah, such restraint. This movie is smarter than the branding would have you believe. It is smarter than even the era in which it was released. Yeah. It was, it just kind of feels ahead of its time. Much like The Sweetest Thing. Much like The Sweetest Thing was really pushing one boundary. Yeah. Cameron is a boundary pusher. He's a boundary pusher. I mean, if we were talking about what Tony Collette does in her movies, which is like that matriarchal self-sacrifice, um, I will protect you at all costs. Cameron Diaz is the shorthand for party, um, always there for a fun time, not a long time. Very um, bikini shots, bad teach- bikini shots, bad teacher. Yeah, where she's just kind of like a badass and doesn't give a shit. Um, she doesn't care about your feelings. And um, this movie does Cameron a real service too, because by the end. Um, you see that it was just like by way of her age. Like she was six when their mom died. Yeah. So it was only natural that Tony Collette's character would like protect her and... Um, well, okay, it's... Yeah, shelter her. So we've seen these ideas in other movies, like in other star vehicles. It's not uncommon for there to be a deceased parent. That's very common. It's actually almost 100% guaranteed. But... <laughs> In those movies, <laughs> they never talk about it. It's very much just yeah. like mom's watching, and like this movie actually kiss the sky. Actually, like actually is like, hey, is that's not usually how it works when somebody passes away. You usually don't mm-hmm. usually don't just go like, I've got this. Like maybe maybe there's maybe there's something else going on. So. Yeah, and, like, I actually had this thought before we signed on where I was, like, 
kind of going in because you, you're right in all the other star vehicles they, the mom the dead mom's there but we don't talk about it and I remember thinking did we need the mom to have passed in this for us to understand like did we need mom's like dark past as um you know probably someone an abuser of some sort of substances and just like she was depressed probably yeah and I was like did we need that and then I realized it really served the C story of like we had to we had to really believe that um Shirley MacLaine was like regretful and tried to be in these girls' lives, and she was, like, pushed out. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, where I was like, nope, we needed mom. Um, but, yeah, this movie is just in a league of its own in terms of what we've watched. It's not – there's very little – it's not fluffy. This movie's real. Yeah. It also gives them a reason to try to resolve the issues because as the movie goes on and the women start exploring, like, different ways of living – other characters are like constantly throwing these digs at them like you're going crazy you're acting crazy and like this idea that like at any moment either of them could go off the the deep end and like that was really dark really dark there and like it it provided like a reason to Obviously, it was, like, coming with, like, really bad intent. Like, people were, like, you're going crazy. But it provided, mm-hmm. like, this urgency for a movie that's over two hours to <laughs> to change. <laughs> yeah, I also loved that because, okay, so the back to the wedding shower that um, they hate their stepmom. Hate. And she is a real bitch. And they were making fun of the way she says, like, her daughter's name. Is her daughter's name Masha or Marsha? Her name is Marsha, but I think she says it Masha. Masha. They're like, my Masha. That was really funny in the diner where they're like, my Masha doesn't have a vagina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dead. That was a really, so that was a really good scene. It was so sweet. Guys, watch this movie. We're not going to touch on every scene because there, there's a lot of really good ones. But um, the shower, when she pulls the knife on her stepmom, who she hates, in if we didn't have that like backstory of mom, you would just be like, okay, all right, calm down, right. walk away. But no, it's like she just pulled a knife on her stepmom. Her that's like her mother coming through that mental illness thing. Right. It it and could have it, played for laps, but it didn't. Did not. It was really good. I loved that. Her stepmom. That woman was coming at her. Her stepmom deserved she, it though. You don't. You can't say she had a taste for for life. She had a taste for everything, and then show a fat picture. <laughs> yeah, it was fucked. And like, I just really liked that. Um, Tony Collette did a brilliant job of like internalizing those feelings and then she walks out at the exact right moment and pulling the knife to me was so great it was so not to get actor speak it was so motivated I, I was like wow yeah do it yeah pull that knife it was it was a great moment where somebody good. is acting over the top but we've been we have a solid groundwork for why they're doing it and a lot of times mm-hmm. in these movies we don't have that that groundwork yeah 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 okay so we should probably just go i think we got to reunite um, the girls we have to reunite the ladies so um the whole movie grandma is asking um maggie cameron diaz to like call her sister down to miami she's like i want to meet her and she just keeps not doing it and i guess yeah grandma doesn't know they had a fight and then grandma sends which i would love to receive a plane ticket in the mail love that but yeah, grandma sends her a ticket. Says, come on down. Right. Now, this whole time, Tony Collette has sort of no idea where Cameron Diaz is. 
I wait, that was actually scary because she kept calling her phone and it's out of service and she actually just doesn't know where she went. And I think in her mind, we're sort of led to believe in one scene that she sort of assumes that she just went back to the mom and dad or is somewhere. Yeah, but that's early, early on. Right. Because dad is, dad's like, where's Maggie? And she's like, oh yeah, no, she is with me. Right. But I'm just like, wait, that was like a weekend. That's what I'm like, saying. Like she didn't really seem to care where Cameron Diaz is like at all I I mean given their their mother's history I'm like she should believe the worst like yeah. she should think her sister's probably dead somewhere yeah I mean it, it's arguably like not her responsibility but it it yeah, was of course not it you sort of forget that Tony Collette doesn't know where Cameron Diaz is because <laughs> because Florida's so flirty and fun yeah <laughs> yeah but Grandma tracks her down, sends her a ticket, and such an amazing reuniting. Tony Collette has no idea no that her sister has been down there. Idea. Knocks on the door, and who answers but bikini-clad Cameron, sister Maggie. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> hey, Tone. It was great. It was good. She's shocked. Shook. Um, comes on in, and then reunites with Grandma, and then they're like, what the hell? kind of easy they get over it really quick kind of easy good you know at this rate we're pushing an hour 40 pushing an hour 40 grandma has her own romance and that seems to bring the two of them together they sort of oh yeah so seeing the grandmom in love i think allows both the girls to drop their drop their weapons and and relax and then we find Mm -hmm. out that well i guess we already saw it but we we're reminding you now that Tony Collette's engagement is off <laughs> because. Oh my God. I love how this whole podcast, we just drop that storyline completely. He, he drops the engagement because she won't be, like, she won't discuss something, right? Like, she won't discuss her sister yeah. or she won't discuss her. Yeah, like, Tony Collette is being distant, being distant. And we're led to believe Simon is, like, a really in touch man. He actually cares. He's emotionally available. You can tell. He's emotionally available, which is a good thing, ladies. (laughs) Um, And he is like, I can tell there's something you're not telling me. And they're at a party and she starts talking to her ex, Jim, um, who's like a real doucher. And Simon spots them from across the room and is like, okay, you know, there's something you can tell him, but you can't tell me, which I'm like, how would you know? But okay. And then, so Simon calls it off. He's like, I won't marry you like this, which I liked. He had agency as well, which I only wish that if the genders were reversed, the woman who's getting like saying that would have the same agency. Yeah. And he wasn't enabling her bad behavior because she was being inappropriate. Yeah. She was just kind of acting out and just feel really feeling like she couldn't even talk to him. Yeah. Which is like her whole, her whole character's insecurity with her looks, her body, just like everything. Um, and I thought it was so sweet that she's like, I need to protect Maggie because if I tell him what she did, he'll hate her. Yeah. Which is that that Tony Collette vein of gold character, she's like self-sacrificing maternal woman. Like that's her. Yeah. It's sweet. But so they're like, you're engaged in Florida. But then she's like, nope. Not, <laughs> kind of not really. Not anymore. So Cameron Diaz decides with the help of the other senior citizens – that they're going to lure him down there by telling him that she's pregnant. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> damn. 
I would think he'd be madder about that. Which but he also got over it kind of easy. He gets over it kind of quick quickly. But when they introduce <laughs> this idea, they all brush it off and say, "Nah, we're not gonna do that." And then he shows and then she up, uses and he's it. like, <laughs> "And then he's like, are you pregnant?" Wait, the real peanut gallery of old people down in Florida were a dream, like a complete dream team. Like there's grandma's wisecracking best friend who sleep, fell asleep and we thought died. died. There's um when Cameron's like giving the tour the widows, of the grounds. They run the place. She's like, yeah, she goes, these are the widows. They run the place. And then they, they're like all sizing up Cameron. Yeah. There's like the bench, the lo- the man, the lawyers, yeah. the the male lawyers. It's a... Uh... It's so cute. But the peanut gallery, like I'm calling the old women when they're like, how do we get Simon down here? And they're all sounding off. And one old lady goes, you could say she's pregnant, which is just so funny. But it, so it funny. works. It works. So he comes and it all spills out. And like, you know, she he meets her sister, which is apparently really important to her. Yeah. They're each other's person. And... um. This was such a confusing thing. They just all leave Florida. Very confusing. Is it a time jump? Like, uh, uh, what's her name? Tony Collette is talking to the guy at this event. And then the next scene is, I think, the scene where Shirley MacLaine pulls up in a cab to the Jamaican jerk cut. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're in Florida. And someone, I think it's Shirley MacLaine's character, goes... Make sure she comes back to visit or something. And I'm like, oh, so grandma's staying in Florida and the girls are going back up north. Cut to, we're all at the Jamaican jerk place at her wedding. Right. And I was like, huh? What? (laughs) So they get married at the Jamaican jerk hut. That was also confusing. The camera is like with them in the kitchen. Here's what was... Is he cooking? Is Simon a new chef? Not that I wanted the... Okay, they should have not used a Jamaican jerk cut. But from the <laughs> you top. established that. But number two, when they cut to the wedding, there's nothing distinguishable about the Jamaican jerk cut to let us know that we're there until they like sort of zoom out. Like it wasn't like if they were getting married at, at like the Rainforest Cafe, you would know instantly because the Rainforest Cafe is so iconic looking when you're in, when you're there. Here it just didn't Iconic. it didn't have like um it didn't have like that immediate catch to be like, oh, we're at the Jamaican jerk hut. Well, you only know it because they pull up in that cab and, and says, it's the Jamaican <laughs> Yeah. And there's like the the awning. That that's what I'm it. saying. It was But again we cut to inside and we're in a kitchen. It was that's what I'm like, saying. It was what? it was a kitchen and like a white it was in a backyard. And how did we know they had a backyard? I guess I didn't know they that. just took us there. I didn't know. <laughs> They took us there. I bet the book really elaborates on this place for us. It but, has um, to have I more can't, importance in the book. Yeah, I can't fault this screenplay because it's tight. Like, I th- I find it very tight. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, they do. They get married in the backyard of their place, the Jamaican jerk cut that they went once. Love the white. I would I love, love some jerk I love the, the, the white couple that takes over the Jamaican jerk cut. Oh, yeah, that was. That's I was really like, nice. Ugh. This is our spot. Yeah, it felt very much like in La La Land when he's like, I love jazz. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to bring back jazz. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't doubt you. Yeah. But are you sure you're the, the person for this job? It's uh, it's muddy. Because I was confused because I thought Simon was a chef there. I was like, oh, did he just take over the Jamaican shirt Because he was in the kitchen. What would have made more sense is that when they were, <laughs> when they were at their, on their date, 
and he orders for her. And then he mentions, they talk about that one restaurant where he knows what to order on the menu, which is not the Jamaican jerk hut. It's like some other fancy restaurant. It, that probably mm-hmm. should have been a better place to have their wedding reception. Yeah. I think it was just like the symbol for he makes her more adventurous. Like she tries new restaurants with him. Okay, got it. And he's going to save Jazz. Okay. And, Different and Jamaican food. And Jamaican food. Okay, got it. But yeah, they do the wedding and then Cameron Diaz is like, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> I know you hate surprises, yeah. but I'm going to read you a poem. This was a really beautiful does. scene. And Cameron Diaz should beautiful. have gotten an Oscar nomination for this. All of them. All, All of, of them. them should have. I love Tony and Cameron in this as well. I love that they kind of share screen time. I, I think like about equal, even if Florida is more fun. Yeah, no, um, it doesn't feel like top it doesn't feel like one is is favored in terms of timing. Yeah, no way, and it's just really sweet. And she reads out loud really well. She does a really good job. And I think I, that was probably my third cry. That was a real cry moment. Yeah, she does. I carry your heart with me. It was really, it was really beautiful. Everybody, oh. everybody is happy, sad. Yeah, they get married. Yeah. Did you clock the song for the end? No. So when Karen like they're like making up at the end, and Karen's like, um, "We're Sunny and Cher," <laughs> and Tony Clark goes, "They split up." And she's like, well, they remain best of friends. And then the ending song was I Got You, Babe oh, by Sunny and Cher, yeah. but with a Jamaican lean. Oh, no, no, no. Which was a real problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's all coming back to me. It's a real subtle like thing, but I was like, oh, my God. I did. I think they, I love the last shot of the movie because Tony Collette and the guy leave the wedding. And I, I'm always so confused by that. And... Yeah, this is very popular in movies. Is Does that happen? You leave your literal wedding still no, in progress. It was too early. You don't to get in the car and go. This happens all the time in movies, but they They love that they shot. They leave the wedding reception when the sun is still out or or the sun is setting. Like it's it's early. The party is just very much in full swing. Like there are still yeah, people in that. It's not backyard. just getting started. So they leave <laughs> and Cameron Diaz saunters back to the dance floor and just like starts dancing. And yeah. it looks <laughs> it's a it's a nice shot, but you're right. That's a common wedding like scene in a in a movie is is the bride and groom leave mid yeah. mid reception. I feel like filmmakers can't resist. They like as much as they're resisting cliche in this movie, you can't resist giving the people what they want and it's like that drive away shot in like a cliche car with like cans at the back. Yeah. I mean, they didn't do they that didn't do in that. this, but it's like, they, they, they might they as did well the same have. Thing. This, yeah. and that's how it ends. And it's like a really sweet ending. And it, it, this movie is weird because when on paper, it sounds stupid, but in, <laughs> in, in reality or when it's, when it's on the screen, it, it works. Like the idea, it's really, really good. It's really human. Like the conceit that they share the same sh- shoe size is is so not the point. <laughs> but it's it's what was advertised, and it really, it really isn't what the movie is about. I know. I I consistently don't understand 
movie advertising. It's like, I guess they're trying to be like butts in seats. How do we do that? Yeah. And like, it's almost like it's weird. It's, right. It's like on paper, this movie is a joke. It's like, it's like a reverse. It has like the reverse lifetime pipeline. Mm-hmm. Like some movies take themselves so seriously that they become lifetime movies. This movie sounds like it should be a lifetime movie, but it isn't. Yeah, it's so much just more, it's more serious. It's like better written. Yeah, it's good. It's really wild. I just feel like maybe they felt like in 2005 their hands were tied. They're like, we can't advertise this for what it is as like a drama. You know, and then like if audiences see Cameron Diaz on the cover, they are expecting a flirty fun time. Yeah, so you th- and then they were you like, they we have, have to just a, give them like that. A bait and switch. Well, I, well, I think that's what they did. they did. They did a bait and switch. Yeah. And what I'm saying is like, why can't you just advertise the movie for what it is, which is like a female like led drama with like three really strong actresses. Like, I, I don't know. I'm like, because because that's what would get me in the theater. Yeah. Like, I want to see these three ladies like go at it um, dramatically. But like ad- advertisers were like, we have to promise them a Cameron Diaz romp. Right. And I think weird. that's why I've, so this is, it's very similar to our experience with The Sweetest Thing is that, <laughs> that I feel movie. like the advertising and the images kept me away from this movie for so long. Yep. Happens all the time. The images and the title. I'm like, okay, rom-com that I don't need to see. Right. Just one, one in a million you know like nothing special nothing about special film. about it but like if this is a really good movie and like everyone should go see it yeah it's it's like in a league of its own um amongst even the ones we've covered which we always think that they're fun yeah and so much fun but this one just like is it's more serious it's more serious it's more serious like i said it's at the top real. it's cameron diaz's babble it's her it's her it's her, it's her top her top work <laughs> as far as it's i'm concerned babble. I went to the IMDb specifically hoping it at least got like a Globe nomination because I was like, this is actually. A I think great it did for Shirley MacLean. I have to see because Shirley MacLean kills she it. She got in a this. Golden Globe nomination. References. I just like don't see it. I'm gonna find it. Find awards, but yeah, we hope that this prompts you to go watch this one. Absolutely. No. Golden Globes nominee, best performance by an actress in a supporting role, Shirley MacLaine. Good. Good. (laughs) Fucking good. And she was good, but I think that, I think that Cameron Diaz deserves a lot of credit for what happened in this movie. Yeah, I feel like I'm having trouble like I want to articulate this carefully because like I really do feel, I feel like Cameron Diaz holds her own. Oh against two powerhouse actresses which we've said Tony Collette is an actress Shirley, Shirley MacLaine is an actress but I'm not here to discredit everything else Cameron Diaz does it's like she does it so well yeah. um so the fact that she can like try on her movie star like you know shoes oh. if you will and then step into this and try on her actress shoes it's like she does both yeah she does both and it's very and good they both fit they both it's it's a Cinderella fit. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so I think we did we it. We <laughs> did it. We were in all the ladies' shoes, and they all fit. They're all the same size. Also, the mom had the same shoe size. We forgot to mention that. <laughs> I know. I had a real. I had a real trip. I was at the one, end. I was like, 
I had a real trip with this one because Cameron Diaz like has to be like a size 11. Like she's just like a big woman. Oh. She's like six feet. She, we know she's you're, not we know you're she... We know you're bad with heights, so don't even. Okay. Well, I'm not going to look it up because I don't even care. But Tony Clint and Cameron Diaz having the same shoe size, um, I wondered. I really did wonder. Yeah. Well. I wasn't sure. Um, they do. They told us that multiple times. That's that's what the movie so, is about. Listen up, Shan. The movie is about shoes. <laughs> and why women if you, and why women love like, them. Oh my god, also the the early 2000s, 2005 like bell-bottom jean with a stiletto and that pointy oh, heel. Yeah, poking out. I don't know if you remember, but you remember, yeah, right? Yeah, you you <laughs> There was there was some there was a funny the funny shoe bit where Tony Collette finds out that Cameron Diaz broke her Jimmy Choo's and she shows up to the wedding and her boyfriend is like, no one's going to notice. Like, what are you talking about? And she <laughs> and walks the in, bride. what happened to your heel? <laughs> Immediate. Some really great use of cutting in this movie. That was good. Bitch, are you dead? Cut. Hey, are you dead? No. <laughs> no one's going to say anything. Cut. Bride. Oh my God, your heel. Yeah, it was funny. There were some funny moments. There were some real, real funny moments. Yeah, not a lot this was a great but. one <laughs> i enjoyed this one i think um i might watch it again i need to see it unfold the all two hours of it i'd watch it again in a few months yeah get some distance of course yeah i would Good. i would totally revisit it again yeah guys don't be swayed by the the branding of this one don't be swayed by that poster mm-hmm. friends rival sisters this is a movie for all ages get out there and watch now. it now Get, get out to the theater and get your butt yeah, in that seat. Go to your local theater manager and say, hey, bring, bring back, back Inner Shoes. Do you still have that real? I'd like to do with that movie. Yeah, please. Please and thank you. Okay. So I feel good. Yeah. I feel like going to Florida. It. I'm going to hit the road. Let's go to Epcot, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you later, Steven. We should record live from Disney World. Uh, yeah, guys, the, get us the, some sponsors, please. <laughs> you know that's been our dream for, like, over two years. We're like, let's go to Epcot. Yeah. <laughs> We're, like, so excited about Epcot. It doesn't make any We're sense. We're going to record live from the France Pavilion. Watch out. I was going to say, is there, like, a Miami Pavilion? Oh, my. No. <laughs> a Florida Pavilion. The Florida Pavilion. All right. See you later, Steven. Oh, Bye. <laughs> Bye. We we have to give an official goodbye on okay, the pod. It's weird if we don't. Bye. 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 Try walking in my shoes. Bye.